All right, Alexander, we have got uh, tensions and escalation in Serbia. Very, very tense past couple of days. The rumor is, according to a channel in Serbia called Pink TV, they said over the weekend, they claim that the ambassadors from UK, US, Italy, Germany, and France, they gave... Uh, the Vucic government, a 24-hour ultimatum to remove the barricades in northern Kosovo or else the Pristina uh, administration and the security forces, the military, the police in Pristina would get the green light with NATO support to, uh, to enter the north of Kosovo, yes. Kosovo, remove those barricades and impose their will on the, uh, yeah. the ethnic Serbs in that area. Uh, the Serbian military is on high alert. Vucic yes. gave a statement yesterday. He said he is. Uh, things are very tense, and Serbia is in a difficult position. But he seemed also very confident as well that they're going to find a way out of uh, yes. out of this uh, situation or a way to confront this uh, threat, which is being uh, posed by by NATO and uh, and Pristina and Kosovo Metohija. No doubt. No doubt. In my opinion. No doubt that this is uh, part of the the escalation from the collective West towards uh, towards antagonizing and and hitting at uh, at Russia and um, and the Slavic uh, world that Russia leads, the Orthodox world that Russia lead, leads. This is all part of part of that attempt to create second and third fronts in this. Uh, in this conflict with with Russia and Serbia is front front lines with that yes. uh, that policy. I completely agree with that, and I mean, I I I have really nothing to add to it. But I mean, if you think that all this crisis has happened at the same time that we have a crisis in Ukraine and that it's got much worse. Um, even as the military situation for Ukraine deteriorates, if you think this is just chance that it's happened like this, well, I have a bridge to sell you. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt at all to my mind that these things have, that this thing, this crisis, which has come out of nowhere um, and which has been entirely driven, as far as I can see, by Pristina, you know, the Kosovo leadership, which, to be very clear, would do absolutely nothing without a green light from Washington and Brussels and other Western capitals and would probably actually need to be told to, to act by those Western capitals before it did anything. If you think this is just chance, well, as I said, this is, I mean, it clearly isn't. It's an attempt to distract, uh, 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 embarrass the Russians, show that the Russians who are tied up in Ukraine supposedly can't support their ally Serbia and that kind of thing. Now, I actually do believe this story that the ambassadors, the NATO ambassadors, delivered some kind of warning to um, the Serbian government over the weekend. I've never, I've not seen it properly denied. I don't know that it was a ultimatum exactly, but of course something might, you know, there's, there's, there can be a fine distinction between a warning and an ultimatum. Now. As you, of course, remember, a couple, about, seems like an age ago, but a year ago, we were doing a historical series, and we talked at that time 
about an ultimatum that was given to Serbia by certain powers, which are, of course, Germany and Austria. And, of course, that ultimatum led directly to the First World War. <laughs> now, I would have thought that is a warning that you do not give ultimatums in any form, even if you call them warnings to Serbia. And some people don't seem to learn from history. I think that the effect of this warning or ultimatum, call it whatever, call it whatever you want, I think it's clarified issues in Belgrade. And I was listening to Vucic. He's still talking about being willing to seek a peaceful solution. But it's quite clear that he's not able or willing to back down. We see the Serb troops being deployed and the barricades, as at the time of making this video, are still up. So if there was a warning or an ultimatum, the Serbs are rejecting it and they are, in effect, daring the Western powers and the authorities in Kosovo. If you want to press on, start a conflict in Kosovo. Serbia is ready, its army is there, they can move in. Um, in which case, if you don't want to start that in the West, you're bluffing. And if you are seeking a conflict with us, well, we're, we're ready and we, will, and we will see it through. We have the forces, we have the resources to see it through, at least for a time being. And of course, given how Western militaries are acknowledged to have been weakened through all this military equipment that's been sent to Ukraine, one wonders exactly how easy an operation in the Balkans would be. And as we discussed in our previous programs when we talked about this, I do wonder what international, how international opinion would respond to a NATO attack on Serbia, given that most countries in the world do not recognize Kosovo as an independent state, given that the creation of Kosovo appears to violate a UN Security Council resolution and undertakings that were given to both Serbia and Russia at the end of the Yugoslav bombing war. And given that, well, to say it straightforwardly, Western action in the Balkans would appear to contradict much of what the West, West has been saying about the principles it's following in the Ukraine war. So there might be a reaction, an international reaction. There might be a reaction in the Balkans as well. Situation in Bulgaria, I'm told, is very tense at the moment. There was an election there, um, which appeared to result in the fall of the pro-Western government. The new government came in. It was not going, it was going to keep Bulgaria out of the conflict in uh, Ukraine. Obviously, people were leaned on or some financial inducements were given, um, which caused the Bulgarian MPs to change their position. And suddenly, Bulgaria became even more supportive of Ukraine than it had been previously. Apparently, this is causing lots of tensions in, in Bulgaria itself. So there's issues in Bulgaria, there's issues in Macedonia, there's all kinds of things that could play out. I think this is a very dangerous strategy, and we'll see again how it goes. But never forget the point We've made so many times on our programs when we say that this is this whole thing, this whole crisis has been engineered. Who has engineered it? The bureaucracies in Brussels, 
and the neocons who stand behind them. And as we said many times, those people have no reverse gear. So if there is a conflict in the Balkans, it might be an extremely unwise thing to do. It might create all kinds of problems, both now and in the future. But these people who are engineering it are not the sort of people to back off because of something like that. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, Vucic, obviously, he, he doesn't want the conflict uh, no. with, uh, with NATO. So he's trying to avoid that, rightly so. And he's trying to buy some time um, so that... I, I imagine so that the, their main ally, Russia, Serbia's main ally, um, deals with Ukraine and then is better able to to deal with the threat of NATO towards Serbia. So, so I think strategically that's that's the right move. If I was Vucic, I, I would probably do the same: try to buy some time, find a solution until um, the situation in, in Ukraine is sorted out, and then you're on much better footing. But, but they don't have a reverse gear. They are trying to, to provoke uh, Serbia and the entire world outside of the collective West. The entire world understands that it is uh, NATO that is antagonizing Serbia. I think there's, there is no doubt about it that uh, they're the Correct. ones that are trying to pick a fight with Serbia. The whole world yeah. outside of the collective West, 80% of the planet would be on Serbia's side. That includes China. Not only Russia, that will include China as well. And if you're and Vucic, India, and India, and, and India too, by the and way, India which is and, and India mm. as well, absolutely. Yeah. India and China as well. They would they would have Serbia's back to whatever extent they could. And if you're Vucic, you have to ask yourself, you know, um, NATO has really been weakened by this uh, this conflict in Ukraine, severely weakened. The economies of Europe have been weakened. Look at the situation in Bulgaria. Look at the election that happened in Slovakia the other day. Uh, Europe and the EU is crumbling. So, you know, maybe maybe I call their bluff because Vucic really doesn't have an option. He has to protect his people. No. Yes. In, in North yes. Uh, Kosovo, you have yes. to protect them. If you don't yes. protect them, Pristina's going to go in there and they are going to uh, they're going to terrorize these people. We know that. That's yes. that's crystal clear. So you have to protect the the Serbs and politically. He, he has to do it from a political level as well. Yes. He, he can't, you know, cut these people loose because he's going to suffer a terrible uh, defeat politically at home. Yes. So, yes. so he has to protect those people. Yes. It seems that's, that's the only position he could take. But he can call the, the bluff of, of NATO and the EU and say, you yes. know what? You know, we're, we're going to stand firm. What are you guys going to do? And yeah. it, it, it's dangerous. It's very risky. But I agree with you. I think that the, the, the European Union and NATO, they may think that they have this overwhelming superiority to Serbia at this moment, given that Russia is tied up in Ukraine. But I don't know. I think this could easily, like the sanctions war that they put up yeah. against Russia, this could easily boomerang to, to damage NATO and, uh, and the EU to, to a terrible degree. Absolutely. I completely agree with every point you've just made. And can I just add where Vucic is concerned? I mean, it's important to understand, yes, he doesn't want a conflict because who does? I mean, this is the other thing. I mean, the only 
kind of people who look for conflicts in the world today are people like the neocons. Responsible statespeople don't look for conflicts. They look for solutions. Vucic has looked for solutions. He's had some criticism for this. But look at the situation in Serbia now. As far as I can see, if you want to get a sense of who, how Serbs feel, there's no protests in Belgrade saying Vucic back down, <laughs> give <laughs> you know the EU and NATO what it wants. Serb people are on the contrary; they're coming out onto the streets and they're saying we are going to resist. That's where the political pressure on from on Vucic is. It's it's that's that's the sort of sentiment in um, Belgrade. So he's not choosing this fight. It's a fight that's being forced on him. He's not the person who's disrupted the status quo in Kosovo. Never at any point in time. The Western powers and the authorities in Pristina have done. Now, if the authorities in Pristina and the Western powers go for broke and, you know, start a conflict in the Balkans, you're absolutely correct. They will be its instigators. And all right, we will have the usual, you know, the the famous um, I can't remember what it's called. The, you know, the the, the you know the, the musical instrument that somebody, a CIA official, said the Western media has become, where the CIA is able to play all the notes and project its views. Well, we we will have that kind of thing, you know, that they will they will you know we'll be hearing about how Vucic is the second Putin and all of that kind of thing. We're going to have all of that in the West. But outside that Western media bubble, no one anywhere will believe it. No one will fall for it. It will isolate the West even further. It will make the West look increasingly aggressive and um, violent. And it also, of course, has the potential to alienate more countries, you know, Indonesia, India, Brazil, where uh, Lula is now increasingly pitching himself as reviving the BRICS. He had a very friendly conversation with Putin, by the way. They, he, he had a long conversation with Putin, which is unusual. Putin doesn't usually speak to president-elects, but he did with Lula. And apparently it was Lula who initiated the call. So, you see, so you're going to see a big international, a, a very negative international reaction undermining the Western case over Ukraine to the extent that anybody believes it, which is debatable. But on top of that, a potentially big response in the Balkans as well. And yes, Russia is distracted in Ukraine. So is NATO. NATO, in effect, is been sending all these weapons to Ukraine. Western articles are depleted. The German army, we're told, is in no condition to fight any kind of war at the moment. The French army is in bad shape too. Italy has said they can't send any more weapons because, well, they're military position is run down as well. Um, so, I mean, you know, you would say that given that you've got this problem in Ukraine, you don't start a conflict somewhere else. Western leaders, you know, they think differently from rational people and they do the opposite. And like you, I can very easily see how this could backfire. Yeah, I wonder to myself in, in closing, I wonder 
the effects, not only, I mean, you mentioned, you know, effects in India and Indonesia and Brazil, but in Greece, in, in North Macedonia and Bulgaria, um, yeah. in, in all of these countries, Montenegro, yeah. all, Rumani- all these countries, Rum- uh, Romania. Yeah, it, it, the people, not the governments, the people. I yeah. can speak to, the, to Greece. The people in Greece, they're already against all the shenanigans of, of the Mitsotakis government and the position they're taking, yeah. having, having Azov guys speaking at the parliament, delivering speeches at the parliament and sending weapons and possibly sending S-300s to Ukraine. Uh, people in Greece are already at the edge with, with, with our foreign policy. Something like this, I think, would just you know, tip everything over. And, uh, and this is going to really boomerang really, really hard against the yes. boomerang back, really hard against a lot of countries in the area. Yes. I, I, I can see that. I mean, I have to say, if I was Mitsotakis, this is for me, well, in the Prime Minister of Greece, this would for me be the worst nightmare. <laughs> a conflict in the Balkans with Serbia and NATO in which there was pressure on me from the West to take sides against Serbia at a time when I've already upset a lot of people in Greece by backing NATO and Ukraine against Russia. I mean, this 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 would be. I mean, I don't know whether he thinks in those terms because you know I don't speak with Mitsotakis. But anyway, I mean, I I can't imagine the government in Greece would welcome this. I could even see the government collapse on an issue like this. Actually, I mean, you know, there are nationalists within the New Democracy Party as well, and I could see I could see a sort of break. Um, are on this. And of course, that's just Greece. And Greece is one of the more stable countries in this part of the world. Bulgaria is not so stable. North Macedonia is not so stable. Montenegro. I mean, they've all been, they've all witnessed civil unrest, changes of government, all kinds of things going on there. I think this is, to say that this is unwise is a massive understatement. But again, these people have no reverse gear. If they're set on cre- creating a crisis in the Balkans, they will. They, there's a serious risk that they will do it. And of course, the, they're they're also terrified that if they don't do it, if they don't you know, act or whatever it was, warning, ultimatum, or whatever it was that they gave to Vucic over the weekend, you know that they will be exposed as having simply given an empty bluff and that's not something they these people ever find it find themselves able to do so ultimatum to serbia as i said shades of 1914 i don't think it's going to come to that but it seems to me an extremely bad idea yeah and just in closing let's not forget that uh, while russia may appear to be distracted i am positive that russia is providing support to Serbia in various other forms. Maybe it's not military support, or at least to the degree that Serbia may need it, but in all other aspects, uh, I'm convinced that there's close communication and dialogue with with Russia on this matter. And no question at all. At the very least, there'll be intelligence sharing. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the Russians have their eyes in the sky, which are going to be increasing, by the way. They're going to increase the number of satellites they have, apparently. This is apparently the plan. But they'll be able to tell the Serbs, look, this is where the main concentrations of NATO forces are and that kind of thing. And um, 
Serbia has, by the way, well-organized industries, <laughs> unlike Ukraine, they could produce weapons and things of this kind, probably long-range rockets as well, all that kind of all that kind of thing. Of course, NATO could attack the factories and things like that, but then we're talking about a very big bombing war, like the one we saw in 1999, and that may not play very well in the world. In fact, I can tell you it won't. Yeah. You know, the Biden White House has to consider the, the politics on their end as well. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't well, think Americans indeed. would be too, too pumped no. up about, about another, another U.S. adventure. They already have Ukraine. 45, they just gave for another $45 billion to Ukraine. Absolutely. I could imagine a large, a large uh, percentage of the American population being like, no. This is enough, Biden. No. Well, it, well, well. Two things to say about that. Firstly, and I hadn't appreciated this, but apparently, something like 150 Congress people stayed away from Congress or were not present in Congress when Zelensky came and gave his address. I hadn't realised that. It's not been very widely publicised, but apparently there was a significant number of people who didn't turn up. It's been explained that you know this happened at an inconvenient moment. A lot of people were away, but you know there was this demand from, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi and everybody, Mitch McConnell, you know, you must all come and turn out and give your full-throated support for Zelensky. And apparently a significant number didn't. That's the first thing to say. And, you know, the opinion polls on this are fairly clear. Mood in America is shifting. Perhaps an even stronger sign is that Aristovich, Zelensky's spin doctor, who apparently is very close to Zelensky, is now floating the possibility that U.S. support for Ukraine won't continue beyond 2023. So Zelensky's just come back from Washington. He's probably presumably taken soundings there, at least if he hasn't. Members of his entourage will have done. Perhaps there was warnings given when Zelensky met with Biden in the White House, perhaps not from Biden himself, but from other people. But perhaps there is an understanding in Kiev that their time window in Ukraine is closing, in the US is closing. If that is true, then anything that started in the Balkans is only going to accelerate that. There's going to be even more of a sense amongst people in the United States at a time when Things are rough there. Let's, I mean, you know, we've, we're not as rough as in Europe, but, you know, things are very cold. There's blackouts. There's inflation. Oil prices are probably going to start rising in a few weeks with China opening up and all that. So things are rough there. And they're going to say, well, we got Ukraine, and now we're supposed to be worrying about Kosovo too. <laughs> I mean, I can very easily see how opinion in the US could shift on a dime. It's already shifting, but it could decisively move into the other, in, into, into a different position. So I think you're absolutely right. I think the administration needs to think, ought to be thinking about that as well. But again, if there's an iron rule about neocons, it's that they pay no attention to this, to these things. They control the media, or rather the media backs them overwhelmingly. And the bureaucracy is under their control. And that's the only part of the American conversation 
that they only that they ever hear. They're not really interested in what people are saying, you know, in their factory breaks or their office breaks in, you know, the hinterland, the giant hinterland of the United States, because ultimately they are not interested in in, in ordinary Americans in the way that real politicians should be. They're far too absorbed with their geopolitical games to think about those considerations. And unfortunately, at the moment, they have a lot grip on the White House. All right, we will uh, end it there. The Duran.locals.com. We are also on Rockfin as well. And go to the Duran shop, 10% off, use the code GOODA. Take care.